Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Forever Forward podcast. And uh, today I have a very special guest. And I say special because uh, forever I've been wanting energy retailers to play or energy utility companies to play a very important role in the in the built environment and smart building space. So um, I have Kritika who represents uh, CLP, uh, Smart Energy Connect, and they've been doing awesome work. So um, hey, Kritika, uh, firstly, a very warm welcome to you on the Forever Forward podcast. Thanks, Amesh. And wow, that's a lovely introduction. No, um, I, I probably yeah. haven't started with the introduction yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, so just to, to be thank, yeah. th- thanks, yeah. Kritika. So just to introduce everyone to, to Kritika. Kritika has been approximately four years with CLP, Smart Energy Connect. CLP is a it's a big energy utility company based out of Hong Kong. I mean, I think a lot of it has global presence as well. Why are some of its investments so on and so forth? But I think what what really intrigued my interest was the is the very focused work that uh, the group that uh, Kritika represents are in the team that Kritika represents is doing around you know smart buildings, technology, and built environment, which was like very very different. And that's what I thought that we'll get Kritika to to come share her experience. Uh, she's also had stint with the uh, likes of Infosys, Schneider. Um, so Kritika, I'll love for you to uh, talk about your uh, sort of uh, past, not just in terms of what you've been doing at CLP, but also your education and 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 all that led up to you doing what you're doing right now at CLP. Thanks, Umesh. Yeah, um, I'll make that a quick intro on the um, the past, but I think yeah, it all adds up. So I studied economics in Delhi at uh, Lady Sri Ram College. Um, and then I started working at ICRA, which is Moody's subsidiary, mm-hmm. uh, more on the trading side um, of things. And I was looking at public finance. So with that, it was state governments in India looking at their credit profile, looking at um, you know how to assess their credit rating. And the reason we were doing that when our major clients were state government entities raising bonds for infrastructure projects, and that mm-hmm. included power utilities and discounts okay. in India. And okay. we know that the financial situation around that time when I was working there it was 2011, 2014. And, you know, we had um, a lot of um, losses and, you know, mm. debt, uh, uh, those kind of entities. Uh, but there were, you know, it was a good exposure because you, I got an understanding of, you know, how to um, evaluate the state finances and then because these are all guaranteed bonds so mm. everything that the, you know the state's credit profile is what actually mattered more than the entity's profile Makes so there sense. was a lot of exposure yeah on that front I did that for three and a half years and then I decided to do my MBA and uh, I came to Hong Kong so there it was a dual program University of Hong Kong London Business School I spent time in Beijing Hong Kong London Myanmar gathering exposure through internships, through, you know, courses across these countries. And then I landed up at Schneider Electric post my MBA uh, in a strategy role, looking at building management systems and exactly this, the, you know, building analytics, the software side of uh, building solutions. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, I think um, as an MBA doing strategy, you know, it was, more around, okay, let's try to figure out where is the potential, what kind of uh, products or what kind of startups should Schneider be looking at and how should they actually approach this um, mm. 
this in terms of you know acquisition or doing you know what what or divestment of what they were currently any mm. having in mm. portfolio. Mm. 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 Right. So I think the action I would say was not so much in Hong Kong on the strategy side. It was more in US, mainly in Boston, where the office was. Mm. And I would say that. Um, it was a great kickstart into this domain, and my interest peaked uh, with the possibility of um, using this data that Schneider was sitting on from their BMS and how that which for different type of you know analytics and energy saving and you know those kind of efforts. Mm. Um, yeah, and then it happened that with Infosys, the consulting arm in Hong Kong with CLP is one of the major clients doing more, I would say, documentation, e-documentation. So, kind so of. CLP ended up poaching you from Infosys, is it? Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'll, 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 add my, I'll add my sense of bad humor once in a while. So, so excuse me for that. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, but CLP, you know, China Light and Power, based in Hong Kong, fully vertically integrated uh, mm-hmm. utility company, serving two and a half million customers in Hong Kong, supplying 80% of uh, electricity to the Hong Kong population. Major player um, and, you know, having a very strong decarbonization target. When I joined mm-hmm. back in 2017, they, like Hong Kong, was 50% powered by coal and okay. 50% and uh, so the rest of the 50% was divided between natural gas and uh, nuclear. Mm. And CLP had a mandate of decarbonization, not only for Hong Kong, like their own operation, but also for right. customers. Mm. And towards that end, they launched an innovation team to start looking into what these decarbonization technologies can be, what are some of the new business models that CLP can explore. And Wonderful. given that this is regulated, they had to have a deregulated entity who could actually explore uh, these opportunities hmm. and hmm. yeah when I joined as a consultant um, there was no team there was no uh, concrete idea there was just an innovation uh, person just one person working in innovation <laughs> and looking at okay we need to start something we need to do something related to energy saving hmm. for customers related to sustainability and make that real um, yeah, I think that's that's where my journey started uh, for the first time with CLP through Infosys. Perfect. So, I mean, that's that's obviously you know from economics to but but then you had your your power connect. I mean, back in India when the work they did, we're not going to talk about the health uh, of the power utilities in India. That's yeah. that's that's for uh, the next decade for us to talk about. But so taking clue you said that when you came into CLP uh, via everything that you had 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 done it was very early days almost like a startup like you start from scratch you you literally what were the early days like I mean for you as an individual but also for C- CLP SEC uh, you know uh, and, and probably a connected question maybe it depends on which, which order you would want to ask uh, what's an energy utility mm-hmm. co- utility company doing at all in the in the in the energy sort of the building uh, build environment space. I understand the decarbonization angle, but uh, mm-hmm. not a very yeah. popular move uh, globally. Yeah, I, I think what SEC's journey is ties into my personal journey as well, because every mm. step was um, together, like figuring out what actually is the product or what actually is the domain that we needed to build something. Mm. And I mm. think the idea was we needed to connect or CLP needed to connect with customers Mm. Um, who were changing, who had these changing needs of, and that revolved around reducing 
their electricity mm. bill. Mm. And the key, you know, the fuel for CLP, the power is the electricity that we provide. Makes so if sense. our customers in the future are looking to reduce their energy consumption, right? What I think that the management decided what kind of role does CLP want to play? Do mm. you just want to sit on the sidelines and see how this plays out and who the customer goes out to? Or do you want to have some sort of solutions for the customer so they can see CLP as a player in this change, right? Mm. And that's where we, you know, that's where, you know, in the beginning, I would say it was important for CLP to understand that, yeah, we need to have some digital technology, some tools mm. um, to enable this transition. But right. what would these tools actually do and what would they enable the customer to do? Right. So I think like in the beginning, there were a lot of, you know, uh, like for me, I worked on solar application. I worked on some sort of uh, tool to connect with the customers who were adopting rooftop solar in the early days and mm. seeing how much energy they are producing and then how much energy they, how much can they earn from the feed and tariff scheme that right. was being launched. Right. Um, those were some of our early products, I would say. And mm. then I think the opportunity itself was not big enough here. Um, That's only, of, only on the solar rooftop mm-hmm. part of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, mm. only on the solar rooftop part, but mm. we needed to find a bigger opportunity with a higher impact on on the customers. Um, and I think that's where we recognize that buildings consume like ninety percent of electricity in Hong Kong. Within buildings, of course, we know the HVAC heating, right. ventilation, and conditioning consuming sixty percent. And then that's you know that became the target to and to find a digital product that could help save energy for commercial buildings. Mm. Um, and primarily because our target customers are, you know, big property developers in Hong Kong that own majority of the buildings and across mm. different. So whether it's a shopping mall, whether it's an office space, it's a data center, you know, mm. you have you have a big opportunity if you can make the right case with the property developer. Makes um, sense. So Makes yeah, sense. that's where that that was the opportunity and the and the way that you know CLPSEC approached it was to actually find the players, the technology players who had established products in other markets and bring them to bring them in. find the commercial success rather than start developing something from the scratch or try to you know launch a new product which was not proven elsewhere. Um, I think the idea was this is proven, it can save you energy. Let's do it in Hong Kong. So, so- so just curious yeah. on that. I mean, there are two two things. So one, you say that almost eighty percent of the electricity or or energy supply is via CLP. You almost mm. monopolized, right? Why would you even have to bother about innovation? Because I've heard this a long, like every time whenever you're having a conversation with someone in the energy retail side and saying, "Hey, you know, our business mm-hmm. is doing good. We're twenty five, thirty percent of the market. You know, why do why even bother?" So just just wanted to understand were there uh, initial friction that you had that you CLP SEC as a team had to overcome while promoting these internally just just uh, would, yes. would love love to have some light on that I, I I was hoping for I mean I was sure for a yes but so now I'm more intrigued about how are you going to describe that further for us Kritika yeah I I think yes the first challenge was internal definitely hmm. like hmm. internally making the case of existence of this CLPSCC team, right? So when it wasn't a team, it was just a room in in the head office. Mm. And in that room were two people who were trying to make prototypes, wireframes, and go to key stakeholders and showcase. And I was one of of those people who in the first case were like, firstly, who are you? Why do you want a meeting with me? And if that meeting was granted, 
what the what do you want me to do with this information my business is not changing anytime soon and i don't see mm. how your app or your prototype can benefit me in any way mm. um it was almost like naive to to be like oh look at my application which can you know help visualize all your data in one place and you know it was just around visualization and analytics at that time and there was also a question about why can't it do what you are doing why do you why do we need you you know so there were a lot of other a lot of these kind of aspects coming in but i think mm. what i would like to commend is you know management's um, especially our Support. senior director Austin's vision around why this innovation deep function was important mm. for clp Hmm. Um, it was not only related to internal um, internal use case or hmm. helping Amazon customer, but also for this this um, this department kind of to form hmm. its own you know um, uh, top line contribution to CLP Group. Wow. And yeah, if you continue you know down the path of the regulated business, of course you know that is that has a guaranteed rate of return with the government of Hong Kong. So I don't think that. You know, people, obviously people are not worried about that happening anytime in the next 10 years. But I think having that capability, having that um, connection with the customers and also recognition that, hey, CLP is doing something to to achieve this decarbonization, not only internally, but also for customers. Well, for customers. Um, yeah, I think that was a key key aspect. Yeah. I, I mean, I love this fact that, that you, that, you as a company knew that your main business was not going anywhere for whatever reason, but still wanted to get be more uh, close to the customer, come across as an entity which knows that you'll probably buy electricity, but there's a bit more love. You'll help them save uh, cost and energy. So that's that's wonderful. Uh, brings me to the to the to the second question over there. Uh, you know, cross the initial hurdles. Where is CLP SEC today? How many people? Uh, what's mm-hmm. your moonshot looking like? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, a connected question: Do you do you do you walk around with a little bossy feeling around the office, not being in that one room in the office anymore? Yeah, we have our own office space now. In uh, that happened in 2018, so it's been a few years. But the team expanded from about, um, I would say, 10 people to 40, almost 40 people now. Wow. Um, in That's Hong Kong Science Technology Park. So, you know, we kind of enjoy that startup kind of vibe. Um, but having said that, our presence and our um, acknowledgement in the group also increased. So That's initial cool. days, you know, we, we would call them zoo days where we would just invite different departments to come to our office and see, firstly, who is there? What are we doing? What have we achieved? What are our products? How are we engaging with customers? What are customers saying about our products? Hmm. And... Um, even like at the CEO level and the you know the that executive committee level have visit our office every year to see mm. what mm. this team is actually doing. So I think there is a lot of love given by management and also Wonderful. now other departments are understanding that these these people are not just you know some stepchildren doing something. <laughs> <laughs> they actually achieved uh, you know product delivery. And Wonderful. I just want to mention that those products are mainly around um energy optimization and commercial right. building like the land optimization software energy benchmarking software right. um we also have um uh, an air side optimization hardware software solution an entire iot platform for smart office so all these different type of products i would say we're working with 15 different partners from across hmm. like hmm. we have partners in 
obviously coming from China, Hong Kong, Australia, mm. um, the, Spain, Portugal, also Israel. So we have partnered with different type of hardware plus yeah. software and either distributors or non-exclusive partners. And then we mm. package that solution to ultimately provide an integrated uh, solution to the customers. Um, so, yeah, and I would say that we've, um, we've also achieved internal targets around revenue and also around carbon dioxide emission reduction for our customers. So well, I think those are two, two aspects that we focused on, um, on the building energy uh, management side, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So, I mean, obviously you mentioned that, uh, so A, congratulations on, on not being a stepchild anymore in the business, which is which is a wonderful feeling. But I mean, I'm, I've been personally following a lot of your work over the lot in your as in SEC's work over the last two mm -hmm. to three years. And it's been super encouraging to see that you guys continue to put in the kind of effort you are putting in, because I think it's uh, and who 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 probably would would know it better than better than than you would having had your stint across from Schneider and stuff. Smart buildings uh, and the built environment is complex for whatever reason and a number of reasons. Uh, what's been some of your learnings and challenges so far, particularly from the customer side of things? You spoke about the challenges that have been there from internally, but what's been there from the customer side of things? Yeah, um, yeah. For me, I think I would say that technology adoption, any new technology adoption is not, um, obviously not easy. And especially mm. in the B2B space, uh, because of sales cycle and because of proving technology takes longer. So obviously that timeline is mm. one thing. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, what I was doing was basically bringing an established technology of, you know, from another market into Hong Kong. And mm. then pitching that to customers, big property developers who manage, you know, um, electricity bills of over a million dollars, right? Um, and then having them to adopt these technology solutions and see the value from it. Um, I think that was a bit challenging in the beginning. There were two types of customers, one who are open to new technology, and mm -hmm. then one who were like, I had no idea what this product from Australia can do for me. Why are you pitching this to me? So I think for me, the key learning was how to make that match with the customer's strategy, as in what are they looking for and why are they looking for this kind mm. of a solution? Mm. Is it mm. coming from senior management? Is it coming from facility management team? Is it coming Makes from sense. sustainable team? You know, who are the key stakeholders and how many stakeholders do I need to engage with to actually make a case? Right. Uh, the second aspect was linked to more around the trial and learning aspect. Mm. So mm. for all our products, we do have a trial case. Right. Internally, whether with customers and doing that deployment obviously takes time. But you, but what I learned was finding the right site is very, very important. Sure. Um, sites and and that is that dis discovery takes time because each product is different. And for right. each product, the right site is different. Whether you want to match the data points, whether you want to see how sophisticated the BMS is, if, if you can even control the key points on the BMS, then your optimization technology makes sense. Otherwise, like what will, what can you do with, you know, a very basic 30-year-old BMS, which may not, you know, have those features those, that those you features. need for yeah. the software to, you know, make that 20%, 30% energy savings. savings. So, 
I think a lot of my learning came on the ground, being able to go on site visits, you know, looking at the chiller plant setups, looking at how this actually works out, you know, which are the which are the brands which are more likely to not open their BMS data for you versus brands which are willing to cooperate. Um, so you know, you, you kind of get that idea as well. So I think those were some of the on-site learnings. And I think the final third aspect is more around how the the match between the ROI and the price. So mm -hmm. we are looking at products which are not primarily from Hong Kong, maybe Europe, Australia, US, and then the pricing is completely different in such markets. And mm -hmm. somehow working with all these partners, you know, they can assume Hong Kong is one of the most expensive cities. So, so the jack the price is up. The jack the price yeah, is up. Okay, I, I should get the European prices. <laughs> And I'm like, no, this is not, we are ultimately an Asian country. <laughs> Price sensitivity is there. So you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot use your European prices here. So, you know, coming to that understanding of what is that price point that can work. Um, even SaaS, selling SaaS is not easy here. Like the there's concept still, of... There's, there's still more involvement towards the conventional software, uh, on-premise, you know, license. Yeah, one-time payment. Why do I need to pay record? Why is it cloud-based? You know, those were some of the initial discussions and conversations that we had to work with a bit more risk-friendly, like I would say risk-friendly or I would say like more progressive kind of customers, customers. that want to explore, mm. you know, these mm. new technologies. Mm. Mm. And finally, mm. the ROI piece is so important. Like, you know, ultimately... They have to support their business. And if we are set, you know, deploying any kind of technology, we have to show them a payback. We have to show them by when can your payback be achieved. Most right. of our technology solutions, you know, some of the best products have a two to three year payback. Uh, but then there might be another reason why somebody is looking at, um, you know, the payback might be calculated differently. It might just be a digitization piece that they want to do. So then our, some of our products. So for some, maybe the ROI wouldn't really matter because they're probably as a part of an overall tech stack they want it implemented and there are multiple use cases they would would, would see. So uh, interesting when you mention about ROI, right? And and you clearly mentioned mm -hmm. that the pricing is not going to work. You can't have the, the the European or the US prices being, being taken over here, right? So... How much do you get involved uh, beyond uh, the the selling of the so so one when you spoke about the discovery and the time so it's like typical like a B two B sales process I mean you're you, you know you you've you've kind of unraveled that but how much do you get involved beyond the 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 sale that happens the let's say the trial mm -hmm. has happened or how much do you get involved uh, and stuff like that mm. yeah so my role is to nurture these partnerships so I have. Um, because let's say 20%, we are self-developing. We have our own tech team. We do make our own software, but 80% we are partnering. Makes so sense. that partnership piece becomes increasingly important. Mm. Um, all those legal agreements and those, you know, um, partnership agreements, that's something that I get involved in very heavily with all the key partners. So whether we have, um, uh, airside technology solution from China, we have, a the city management solution from Portugal. We have energy consumption management from Spain. We have our uh, op uh, HVAC optimization and chiller plant optimization product in Australia. So already, one, that, one, one that you're very proud of because your LinkedIn, uh, yes. your LinkedIn shows the excitement. Hey guys, yes. if all, all of the partners are listening, she's biased towards that particular partner. Just kidding. <laughs> it's one product, so yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so we, I think that was one of the questions I would have eventually come to, but yeah, I'll let you complete. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the involvement is around, you know, uh, actually monthly, I have monthly catch-ups with all these partners. And it's more about our sales pipeline progress and also some of this, some exclusivity targets we have commitments to. So visibility and transparency on that and any awesome. kind of new opportunities we are exploring beyond Hong Kong, let's say in mainland China, you know, how do we work on those new opportunities? I have to say we have a separate sales team that actually does the deployment on the ground connect, you know, management with customers and also mm. the pipeline management. Mm. But my role comes more on the partner management to make awesome. sure that this information is shared between the sales and the customers and the partners. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think very interesting. So I'll, I'll probably go to the, the third aspect of it, the business model of yeah. it, maybe. So are you, because, I mean, when you work in the built environment, I'm sure you would have come across as as, as um, different competitors, companies who are facility mm-hmm. management companies, the ones who are very large, a couple of them very mm-hmm. large, have their own technology fund and stuff like that. So are you, are you kind of ending up competing with, with, with people outside of your industry? Uh, the likes of uh, the BMS OEMs or, uh, you know, facility or property management companies. Uh, how How is that the competition landscape looking like for you for, for CLP SEC? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think because we are not only doing products in one domain, mm-hmm. uh, which is building energy management, but we are also starting to now look into electric vehicles software mm-hmm. products. We are starting to look into um, you know, energy storage solutions. So our competitor base, I mean, competitor um, segment will just keep on expanding. But it's true that, you know... So for different either, products, you'll have different competition or different solutions, you'll have different competition, right? Yes. So either we are, you know, our competitor is an SI, which is, you know, integrating different solution, is the BMS OEM themselves, if they have product, or it's a, another startup that is based in Hong Kong that's doing their own... Um, you know, own pitch and own customer uh, generation. So mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. way, um, it's a combination of I think the brand and also the product um, capability that we mm-hmm. need to come in with. Um, and sense. that is why we have a very rigorous testing process of every product. Um, so that one, by the time we go to customer, we know exactly how to deploy it. So that brings me to 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 and given the fact that you've been involved so much in partners scouting and looking for what's 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 there. One question on the business model: So, are you going to be turning into energy as a service, or you are eventually going to be a marketplace? You did men- you did mention that your uh, uh, energy is a regulated business, so uh, you know this might be disconnected to the regulated business. So, w- what is it? It's more like a marketplace approach that you're taking and saying that. SEC will become more like a marketplace? By marketplace, do you mean like... Like you you will have aggregation of of different products. <laughs> People can choose what they want to. You would also push in your own product, whichever you are developing, or you are going to be more like saying, okay, hey, you only get this because you're part of mm-hmm. a... You, you buy electricity from us and stuff like that. So just, just wanted to understand how... how what's, your, what's your business model here? Okay, in terms of going to customer, because of our unregulated nature of the new and like of SEC, customers, uh, I have a, we can approach any customer. It doesn't perfect. have to be the regulated one. Perfect. So perfect. Yeah. Side, the vision was actually when we be- began, it was kind of an energy app store wherein we would invite different um, different products to basically self list, and then if customers were interested, they could like follow up and. You know, so that already we looked into that approach, but I don't think that that is successful because 
ultimately we do want we did want to have a betting aspect because right. our brand and our name is on the line so um i think that you know we tried that approach but also that's not how b2b will work like the fm person has so many different vendor coming to them and pitching them solutions he's not going to go online and look for a product um you know or even if he does doesn't expect to reach out himself right or what that so it's it's like a more he like outbound and like yeah. outbound and yeah make those relationships and make you know demonstrate the value of your product um and yes on vertical side like on the kind of solutions when customers also request us for something custom or something very specific which we don't have in our portfolio hmm. if there's enough justification and enough business case that we can have we will look and find a product for the customer hmm. but again it would be like just for one customer right if we can actually scale it up to more customers if it makes sense then we will definitely we do look out for new um new products and technology yeah. perfect so one final question for you uh, kritika what are those couple of solutions that you wish to add in 2023 like what core problems you think you haven't solved by the product basket that you have right now mm-hmm. and, and what are you aiming for in 2023 great i think yeah what happened in 2022 uh from innovation we became a digital department we got mm. added into like formally into a digital team mm. um so you know that that helps to also connect better with internal needs and requirements mm. Mm. and also align on mm. uh, maybe similar topics that different teams are working on okay. so that's one internal alignment externally customers mm. are asking to have a better view on their decarbonization by that i mean when our products were initially targeting on scope to emission that is the use of electricity right we are helping to reduce the use of electricity thereby reducing scope to emission i think now what customers are looking for across the board is like entire emissions what is my scope 1 2 3 what does the road map look like in the next 30 years and that's a huge challenge i think mm. for anyone and then our position like i would say that cfp's position would be to decide Uh, how to approach or tackle this we have good understanding of our own emission we have good understanding of somewhat of the customers emission customers can we take this in a more comprehensive way hmm. uh forward for our customers um whether it's by technology whether it's by you know whatever uh, business model that we can develop but actually help to expand that understanding of emission data yeah perfect one final question promise this is the final one if any of the startups watching this would like to reach out to you or uh, clp ssc and explore prospects mm-hmm. what's the best possible way for to do, for them to do so um i am actually the front facing for um all the new technology solutions so anytime we are looking at new products um, the first call would be with me so you can reach out to me so basically and- guys you have to impress kritika otherwise sorry just kidding once again that that's it's a few more yeah but we have a team like this de- this department yeah that is basically thinking with different internal departments and also customer side and also like um, you know finding that business case is most important makes yeah. sense Makes sense. Hey, Kritika, thank you so much. I mean, I probably have more questions, but I think we'll be running short of time. But I think uh, if if I could just do a quick recap and then maybe leave you to have a a a final uh, remark or something that you would like to add. I think uh, 
you know, one of my biggest acre bases has been that, uh, which I think wasn't, wasn't unexpected, but, but something that was very, very gr- good to hear is the fact that you did have or any energy utility company trying to get into innovation, particularly from the fact of trying to move away from conventional business to a new digital oriented business, which is more like recurring revenue and stuff will have internal uh, uh, frictions, which, which are good because they, like in your case, help you think better about the kind of products and solutions you would want to have. And then obviously once everyone's on board, the journey becomes, uh, you know, all the more uh, exciting and then you're able to do well. So I think that's been a key learning from my side. So hopefully anyone who's listening to this conversation, particularly from the energy utility side of things, if you are not able to impress your, your, your seniors or, or your, your colleagues, probably show them this podcast. They probably should uh, have uh, a better uh, relation with uh, uh, innovation, um, you know, sort of going forward. So, I mean, thanks so much, Kritika. This was this was really wonderful. Um, any anything else that you would like to say that probably you didn't say, and in, uh, in in your final recap? Um, yeah, I think uh, what's important for this team to have succeeded, and I I would say that for the entire team is that whenever we heard a no, we didn't take it literally as a no. We we tried to find a way to make it happen. Um, And even if it didn't happen, it did not mean that um, our idea or our business would, you know, has failed. We did try because we believed essentially that this is the future and customers do want this. We kept that contact and that feedback coming in from customers through either way, you know, so whether it's a one-on-one interview, whether it's a concept test, whether it's a UX test, whether it's a take my product and, you know, try it and tell me, if you know, you find it useful. We ensured that the customer voice or you know, the customer feedback for our products was what we based our decisions on and not just because someone oh. said no to us. Yeah. That's inspiring, uh, Kritika. I mean, uh, so yeah, guys, uh, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed hosting Kritika and hopefully we'll have uh, more conversations going forward. Kritika, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have a great day ahead uh, and thank you once again. Yeah. Thank you, Mesh. Thanks a lot. This was really, this was fun. Thanks. <laughs>